when people only use their first and last name as the sender name for their email campaigns and it's like oh who is this person do i know them and you open it up and you're like it's a brand this is a promotional email this is upsetting welcome to inboxing the podcast about all things email marketing today at inboxing emily aguire of flourish and grit an email marketing and automation studio Welcome to Inboxing, the podcast about email marketing. I'm your host, Hello Bird. Each week, we host a special guest from the email marketing world, and we discuss various topics related to email marketing. This podcast intended audience is digital marketers, but it should be relevant to anyone looking to grow their business through better email marketing. The quality of the audio gets better with each episode, so please bear with me. Finally, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you're using. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me directly at hillel at hillelberg.com. So with that intro out of the way, I say welcome to Inboxing. I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to Inboxing. Yay. So glad to be here. For, <laughs> the first ever. All right. Well, welcome. 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 I hope uh, you know you have a great time here. You know, it's definitely much more fun having a guest. <laughs> talking. <laughs> so just talking into the ether. Yes. Like it's over the air, exactly. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I think that more too. Hopefully people will be watching a little more. How you doing? How are you handling corona and you know, and after corona and you know, you get the you get a uh, vaccinated yet or not you know, probably not. No, I'm like I looked up the New York Times has a a thing where you can look up how far down you are the list of getting the vaccine. And I think I'm like my spot is eight hundred and forty three million. Or something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be wow. a hot minute. A hot minute. <laughs> yeah, things are going. You know, we we've officially entered winter here, northern U.S. We've got snow today. You're in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So you got snow today. You get snow all winter, like I. Yeah, yeah. Most of the winter we get snow, and uh, but it's not as bad, like. So we were closer to Detroit and then like on the other side of the state, it's closer or the west side of the state, it's closer to the Lake Michigan. And I used right. to live on that side of the state and they get so much snow because of the yeah, lake. Lake, lake effect snow, right? Yep. 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 So I'm, I'm glad not to have to deal with that. <laughs> so yeah, things are going as well as they could be in, in Corona land. Okay. Uh, have you do find your, you know, in terms of email marketing, do you find, you know, people are looking for more email marketing during Corona? Yes. A lot of people who um, hadn't made the the switch to the digital world were scrambling at the beginning and now are seeing the actual benefits of not relying on, you know, traditional forms of marketing that um, maybe aren't as effective anymore. So people are really eager to invest in in digital marketing in general and particularly email. So it's For been, sure. yeah, it's been just a weird world, you know. Yeah, it's been definitely a real world. I mean, you, you kind of nailed it. You said like companies that were never thinking of going digital, like within a very short time, were itching to become digital. <laughs> like, yes, and now they're seeing you know proof of concept right like they're seeing it actually pay off and they're, they're like oh wait why didn't we do this before <laughs> right 
<laughs> right. Yeah. It was like a back burner kind of thing. And then I was like, oh gosh, it's front burner all the way. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Have, yeah. have you been seeing the same thing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's definitely been an uptick in business and, and people looking for, for help and every, in all digital avenues. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Facebook ads have become all time, you know, more expensive. And oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. So I was saying actually open the podcast talk. I don't know if you're watching, but I opened <laughs> talking a little bit about that, how email, once you have an audience, you're not paying, you know, percent like you, you know, you have an audience you're by far the most revenue of any channel. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, you own that audience um, and you're not yeah. the algorithms. And yeah, I've actually I've read uh, an article. I think it's from, well, anyway, I can't remember who published it. <laughs> the tech magazine. So I try to keep up with the tech and business news. And they were talking about, you know, they see a looming bubble about to burst with digital advertising because the data isn't all there. So the data isn't super reliable to know uh, 100% if your targeting is actually reaching the targets you wanted. And, you know, in the U.S., our economy, like the biggest tech companies in the U.S., um, you know, Amazon and Facebook and Google, a lot of their revenue comes from advertising. And anyway, so it's an interesting world, digital advertising. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I just wonder, how did you get into email? Like, what's your email story? How did you? It's not you very interesting. I'm just going to warn no. you. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. No, it's okay. No, like, so I was, uh, so I went to grad school because um, I, so I graduated college at the height of, you know, the last big recession. And there, uh, I was working at whatever jobs I could find, right? Because there were none. So I, my interest was in communication and digital communication. And it was just, uh, yeah. It was very difficult to find a job. So I went back to grad school to sort of hit reset on that, and which led me to all kinds of opportunities doing digital marketing in general. So which naturally led into social media, which I got uh, my first job as like doing social media. And they were like, oh, you know, internet, you know, the internet stuff. You can do this email thing too, right? <laughs> and uh, and I did. And they threw they just threw email on my plate. I find that sort of where a lot of people enter e the email world, right? Like you're doing right. other digital marketing things, and they're like, "Oh, this is the same thing. You can do that too, right?" <laughs> yeah, the truth. That's how I got in there, also. Like, and I think yeah. it's probably most of the story. You know, exactly. Like and, you know, Google and I became best friends trying to figure all that out. And then I got another opportunity to only do email. There was a, a position that opened up at a large local e-commerce company that was only email marketing. And I had experience with their email service provider, uh, which was Bronto. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because Bronto. <laughs> Actually, uh, where I was living at the time, that's where Bronto is headquartered. And I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, they're headquartered in, well, now they're owned by Oracle. So who knows? Right. You're so cute. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I joined that team, and there were five of us working on email marketing. So they had a very large program, saw a lot of success from it. And that's where I got to sort of hone my skills. 
and learn from industry veterans who'd been doing direct marketing for decades. And which was fascinating to learn about, like most of these people came from like the direct mail world. And uh, those tactics, they work in email, right? To a certain extent, right? Obviously it needs to be tailored, but yeah, I learned there. And then my husband and I moved back to Michigan after I had my son and I was looking for, you know, the right next job, not just any job. And I wasn't finding it. So I decided to create my own. And here I am doing my thing. That's so funny because I sort of ended up there also for similar reasons. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I worked at a big e-commerce company and that's where I really learned email. And then when they they finished, so I started looking around for jobs and it was a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. <laughs> you know, gambling or gaming or no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of roles out there that were looking for somebody who could do everything, which, you know, I could do, but I didn't want to, you know, like I've done that game and I really enjoy digging deep into one, one area of focus. Cause I mean, especially in the digital marketing world, everything changes so fast. It's so, I don't know how like a generalist keeps up with everything because, you know, between Facebook and Google and you know, all the big players out there, ugh, it's just so difficult. So I, sure. yeah, I'd rather like know one area and really be able to dig into that. And so, own it. yeah, do I'm doing my thing. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, really, yeah, that's, that's amazing. All right. I have some more fun things. Like what, what do you see in your inbox that really, like really upsets you. That upsets me. <laughs> oh my god! When you, yeah, when you become an email marketer, it can be so infuriating. You hop into your inbox in the morning, and you're just like, "Why? Why are you doing this to me?" <laughs> and I think that's why people like get really afraid of email or turned off by it or don't want to explore it at all because they've seen email done poorly. It like it's glaring and we don't want to be that person. Whereas when something's done really, really well, you don't notice it, right? Because it's seamless and right. uh, yeah, and it's useful and you don't you don't notice how useful it is. So anyway, the things that bug me. Oh, how much time do we have? <laughs> So two things. One is uh, when I don't know where who is teaching this or where this sort of precedent has been set, but when people only use their first and last name as the sender name for their email campaigns, and it's like, oh, who is this person? Do I know them? And you open it up, and you're like, it's a brand. This is a promotional email. This is upsetting. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> uh, a bad experience. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, my time is precious and I do not like feeling like I've been tricked. And I know a lot of people don't do that. So some people probably don't do that intentionally. Right. But there's this theory that like, oh, put a personal name and you'll have better open rates. Well, better open rates don't mean a better conversion. Right. Right. It means that you opened your email. Um, right. It's very one-sided. So just look right. at open rates. Right. Exactly. So I don't know the first and last name of your the CEO of your company or your marketing director. Like, don't anything to me. So please just tell me who it is, the brand, right? Otherwise, I just start ignoring any email from somebody I don't know. So that's For number sure. one. 
And number two is, you know, and I think this is just an experience thing in terms of messaging and copywriting are subject lines that are totally centered on the brand and they have nothing to do with the subscriber. And that's like one of the first immediate things that I see that people can change is, you know, what's in it for your subscriber to open this email? You know, like what are, what are they going to get out of it? Because again, you know, we're busy people. People are busy. Our inboxes are flooded. So you need to make it perfectly clear who the email is from and what's in it for me if I open it. And again, I think that's an experience thing. And the more you level up and skill up in marketing in general, you'll, you'll get You'll get there eventually. <laughs> for sure, for sure. What's well, the biggest mistake you ever made in your email career? Oh, again, <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, so my very first email job, I don't know if this is the biggest, but it was certainly one that made me want to crawl under my desk and never leave or just like, you know, like a deep hole and never return. So I worked at a place, a company that they were a gourmet or like a specialty food retailer. And they also had a cooking school and a restaurant and they had several locations and their cooking school relied on email to launch their quarterly schedule of cooking classes. And I thought everything was set to go. The registration links were up. The page was live, scheduled the email to go out like first thing in the morning on a weekday and get into the office and the registration page was not live. And uh, sent out this email to a database of, I don't know, maybe 30,000 people. And there was nothing for them to actually register for. And it was just like mortifying, you know, like one of those things that you're just like, I hate this, I hate this so much. (laughs) And I can't believe I did that, you know? Um, besides the usual, you know, you actually you click the wrong segment and send it. I mean, I've done that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except they need an empty link, you know, like with a button that didn't have a link to it. Yeah. Like that was, oh. Thankfully, it was still like a micro list. Like it was like this weird project we were working on where like we had to, some something to do with like the FDA and we had to yeah. get people to buy certain products. It was all kind of fixed anyway. But yeah. I thought I should be about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, the thing I then learned is that people love oops emails. People love them. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. love them, love them, love them. Yes. As long as you're transparent and can be, you know, a little human about it. People love uh, knowing. Is I guess that's kind of weird. People love it when you make mistakes and you own up to it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it really ties into that people love when you show you're a real person. You know, you're not just talking like a brand and right. being, being totally, yeah, totally buttoned up and, you know, uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. Well, yeah, I that's think that's true, though. Like, people don't realize, you know, because, like, really polished marketing campaigns in general, they look too good to be human sometimes, you right. know? And I think we forget that there are real human beings dealing with real limitations and who can make mistakes uh, who are doing this thing, right? Um, so it's not like I, I know people can get really upset about bad emails, but you know, sometimes 
their movies who are trying to figure it out or you know they have leadership who's really putting the hammer down on them to do it a certain way and so we're all right for sure no and i that's i think sometimes i think the biggest impediment to great email experiences sometimes is leadership yes yes and i find that to be the case with most like practitioners if you're the person with your your boots on the ground you're doing the work you know your audience you know uh what what tools you have and the resources you can work with and sometimes leadership doesn't want to listen to that they don't understand it and they have their own you know limitations and pressures put on them too that they're trying to navigate but yeah i've definitely been in that position where people they don't understand what it is I do. And I think where it really hurts is when they don't want to understand what you're capable of doing and what you could do so much better if you had the investment. And so unfortunately, then your job then becomes, you're not only like trying to do your job and make the business more money, but then you also have to build up the case for what you're doing and the return at the same time. So I think that's every good marketer. Well, I mean, any profession, really. Like, you can't expect people to read your mind and understand what you're doing day in and day out and what impact it's making. Like, you have to build that case for what you're doing at all times. For and sure. Double the work, but, you know, <laughs> you have to do that's it, what it is. to people what's going on and what you could yeah. be accomplishing if you, if you had right all right so on the flip side of that like what would you consider like your biggest wins oh biggest wins that's a great question um so one of my favorite things i like to like it's so weird to learn how to like toot your own horn yeah it's a hard one right um but uh so at this uh, large e-commerce company i worked at we had an abandoned cart campaign that they wanted, we just wanted to improve. Like it was already working, you know, fairly well, it was bringing in a good amount of money, but it's always, you, you can always be doing things differently. So over the course of, I, I want to say six months, we tested and tested and tested and tested. We had three emails in the campaign, three abandoned cart emails. We tested the timing, subject lines, we tested design, graphics, imagery, copy, messaging, CTA buttons, like the whole nine yards. We tested everything. And after that year, or over the course of that year, the campaign brought in a million dollars. And we saw, I can't remember exact the exact number. Other than like a million dollars, like how can you? A million dollars, right. But we saw a lift year over year. I want to say it was somewhere around 15% for the abandoned cart campaign. So those are like very direct numbers. I can say are one of my my better achievements. Bigger wins have been, or other wins that uh, don't necessarily have the numbers tied to them, but. You know, I have a client who they're a local uh, e-commerce or they're a local retail and e-commerce. And when COVID hit, they'd been working on an e-commerce site, but it like the process had been, you know, it's just very difficult <laughs> getting a whole, all your inventory online. But, you know, when, when COVID happened, we got everything in ship shape in a week. 
And yeah, when our state shut all non-essential businesses down or closed them to the public. So in that first month of their e-commerce going live and email campaigns drove 20%, I want to say 25% of revenue that brought in. And that's been pretty consistent all year, mm-hmm. 25% and that uh, of their e-commerce revenue from launch. So that's been a good feeling to be able to support small business in that way and help expand their revenue reach, especially if you rely on face-to-face. <laughs> right. Right? For sure, for sure. Do you have a top five tips or just you want to throw out, just throw out five, you know, five things you like live by? That I live by. Okay, so yes. Again, how much time do we have? <laughs> Tell me when that joke gets old, okay? My, <laughs> okay. My, my husband laughed at a joke that I've been saying for years yesterday. And it, it was the first time he actually laughed at it. And I, <laughs> like a hit. Yes, I was like, finally! It's just been five years of me saying the same joke over and over <laughs> for you to finally laugh. Anyway, so top tips. You know, one is, you know, thinking about the user experience with email. I see, like, a lot of people get really stuck on, you know, what do I do? What do I put in an email? What do I test? What do I even, uh, how do I even want to do this whole email thing? Or what are areas to improve? And if you start thinking about the user experience, it becomes really um, clear on how and what to test and how and where to improve. So that might mean, you know, creating a, a dummy email address that you go in from start to finish, sign up for your emails and see like what that whole process looks like from a fresh perspective to see, okay, where do we need to to improve? And nine times out of 10, that's also the best way to advocate for the tactic you want to do to leadership because they might not be thinking about it from that perspective either, right? When you want to try something new or you want to invest in a certain area or they want you to do something that you don't agree with. If you always bring it back to the user experience and ask people how they how that might be perceived by your ideal customer, people start to get it, right? And you start to uh-huh. get it too. So I would say that's you know top tip to sort of think about mindset for email. And then from a really basic standpoint, when you're trying to come up with messaging and copy and offers, thinking about, you know, what's in it for me, that old standby and copywriting, right? Your customers want to know what's in it for me. And it's your job to make that connection for them. You can't expect them to intuit what it is you want them to do or how your product or service will help them. Like you have to make that connection for them concisely. And that can be easier said than done. (laughs) But yeah, it comes with experience and continuing to learn and up-level your skills. So I would say those are the top two that people can really- uh, Implement? Yeah, implement right away. Thank you so much. (laughs) <laughs> what are your top pitfalls? Things that oh, you see people screwing up all the time. Yeah. I think it's really not understanding how... Well, the first the first mistake I often see people make 
And when I like start to talk to a new client or get on a, a discovery call with somebody is I ask, you know, what are your goals for email for your business and how, or for your business and how does email fit into that? And if you're not clear on what your goals are for your business, I mean, that's a whole other issue, but uh, for email or marketing, like what are, what are the actions you want your audience to take? You have no focus. You have no, um, then you're just like literally throwing stuff in an email and uh, wondering why it's not working, right? So you have to set goals for your email program and you have to set measurables for those goals, right? And if you can't, yes, exactly. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have those yet, if you have no way of measuring those goals, then you need to get that foundation in place to be able to do that. Because again, like you're just sort of stabbing in the dark wondering why things aren't working and when people tell me oh the emails aren't working i ask them what the goal is for their email and they're like uh you know <laughs> like well then how do you know it's not working and i know that sounds super basic but often like we get so stuck on the hamster wheel of just doing 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 we don't take a step back to wonder why we're doing what we're doing and is there a way we can focus our efforts and focus our audience to achieving those goals. Like you have to help your audience achieve your goals. It's not just, let's just throw out 10 articles and hope that it does something, which is what I often see people do. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, usually do you remember basics. What's that? It's usually about the basics. Yeah. Just going back to basics. Like what, what am I hoping to achieve and how? And keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to do. For sure. When was the last time you got an email that you like really love? You know, you're like, oh my gosh, this is gold. Let's see. I keep thinking about, I feel like there are some like you know, B2C brands who really get how to entertain people. Um, so let's do it that way. Like who are your top B2Cs, you know, for email? So somebody turned me on to this company called Reformation. They make, they make dresses. And during COVID, right? Like no, people aren't thinking about what dress you're gonna wear in quarantine, right? Like looking your your nicest. And so they were sending out emails that were like, hey, when you're ready to start strutting the streets again, here are some options. You know, like they, they did it with humor and acknowledging the current environment right like the limitations of why somebody or the objections of why somebody wouldn't be purchasing things right now and it kept people warm kept me interested i wanted to read their emails do i have a desire do i have a need to look my best on the street right now no (laughs) but uh if i'm ever in the market for dressing to the nines again i'll be looking at them all right cool you know it's really i'm just taking a look at their website like i mean it's funny i think the name of the brand is reformation it's just you know makes me think of 1500. (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i was thinking (laughs) i was all thinking um very cool very cool yeah. What are your favorite tools? Like, what do you like to use in your every day? So lately I have been into, 
If you were uh, on my team, you would know that I have a real problem with tech tools. I love to play with them. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, like, I don't know if you know AppSumo. Do you know about AppSumo? I've heard of AppSumo. I don't, tell us a little bit about AppSumo. So they are basically, they launch startup tech tools and offer you like deep discounts on lifetime access. So essentially you're like funding a tech startup. Okay. Micro funding right. them, but you get the tool. So I bought, you know, lifetime access I think it was for like 50 bucks or a hundred dollars. Okay. And their emails work really well because I had to unsubscribe from them because I've been buying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like this is gonna solve my problems. I'm gonna love this for fifty dollars, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got me. So I've actually found some really good tools through them. One of them is Book Like a Boss. They, oh, that's so funny. Why? No, because I know that I know them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he's a coworker of mine, and you know, oh, I'm that's hilarious. That company. So I'm so happy to, you know, I'll, I'll send them the podcast. Love yes, you should. Like <laughs> I use that tool. I got a lifetime access deal, and I think AppSumo still has like a year a yearly discount, an annual discounted price for them. But right. I, they are one of my favorite appointment scheduling tools that I recommend to people. Um, who I, I dropped their email, I oh, promise really? you. You made their template, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, um, yeah, I mean, for what you bet for that tool and the price you pay, it's fantastic. They have landing pages, you can sell products. You can sell packages if you're selling services of some kind. And then just your average, you know, just need to schedule appointments. And what they do that Calendly doesn't do that I've recently discovered is you can approve appointments. So if somebody requests an appointment, they won't get added to your calendar until you approve them. What are no, your no. thoughts on, on pop-ups for email sign-up? Um, if they're not, if they're done, like, right, I think they're fine. Mm -hmm. Like, and, you know, if they're super spammy, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, but like, if they realize they are a pop-up, if they're self-aware. Right, if they're, they're <laughs> self-aware. Um, yeah, because that's you know, one of the- We know we're being annoying, but we think we're offering you some good value here and you might be interested. <laughs> exactly, yeah, well, because one of the tools I was going to recommend, again, it was it's an AppSumo deal. They have like a special price on an annual, it, um, membership or whatever. It's okay. called Pop-Up Smart. And you can basically manage all your pop-ups from one dashboard and you can schedule them. You can, um, it even has like AI where it will serve people the pop-up based on their behavior on your site. But yeah, I think ex I totally agree. It's one of those things that people say they hate because they've seen it done poorly so many times. But like you can trigger a pop-up so it's not annoying, right? So it's a helpful. Right. You can wait an extended period of time. You can trigger it on uh, page scroll. So wait till right. Two. There's ways to mitigate the annoying. <laughs> right, exactly. And it doesn't have to be like the full screen pop up. You can have a bar at the bottom, a sticky bar, or like a little right. widget inside. Like hello, hello bar, right? Like that kind of thing. Exactly. It doesn't have to be annoying. It doesn't have to be intrusive. It can just be a friendly, hey, there's this really cool thing you might like. So anyway, so that's a tool I've been using recently that has made managing pop-ups very easy. 
and scheduling things like seasonal offers. Um, one can swap out for the other, all that kind of fun stuff. Okay. I have a thing. Let's talk about CTAs. Ooh, <laughs> let's talk about them. What do you Maybe want to like talk about? Fun, you know, fun t- CTAs, like you've seen your best CTAs. Like, how do you like to use CTAs? It's usually like a buy now or, you know, you're trying to yeah. be more creative. I mean, I have, I've tested CTAs and I mean, in all, like, in marketing in general, right? Like being too creative can be sort of counterproductive. Yeah, and like it has to be clear, right? So, I mean, it just depends on the brand. If you have like a a really winky kind of brand that likes to have fun, then yes, a fun CTA makes sense. But most of the time, you know, some sort of verb, very simple verb uh, and make it really clear about what's gonna happen once they click. I think is always the best bet. So like, I'm right. all, yeah, I'm all about creativity. And, you know, sometimes it can be really fun to play with the call to action. But especially, um, you know, for the sake of clarity, I think it's really important to be conscious of that with, the, with your CTA buttons. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. I remember seeing a content piece that was showing like, you know, top like examples of CTAs and they're usually like the most expected CTA. <laughs> yep. And especially for people who are, want, are getting a little bored of the same, you know, shop now, buy now. And I'm talking mainly about marketers. You keep, you get kind of sick of doing the same thing over and over again and you want to play with it, you know, for sure play with it, but test it, you know, to make sure that you're on the right track. But yeah. And I hate, I hate saying like, keep it simple, especially for people who, you know, really want to play. They're tired of doing stuff the same way. <laughs> but like, it's always fun to play, but always test it for sure to make so sure. Where, it's doing where do you like to have your fun? Like more like in subject line pre-headers or like in, in the content of an email or? Yeah, I like to have, so I feel like people put too much emphasis on subject lines as the end all be all. Um, but I get it because, you know, those open rates, Usually that's the most visible metric you have um, and the most easily accessible one if you don't have really robust reporting. So like I've tested so many subject lines and rarely have I seen them really make an impact on having multiple or, you know, testing one against the other. I haven't seen the needle move a lot. There are exceptions where I've seen, you know, an email with one subject line got a lower open rate, but double the sales that got a higher open rate. So I wouldn't say that an open, anyway, sorry. I'm I'm like sort of going into the weeds of subject lines. I could talk about No, no, you're good. You're good. No, I mean, I think the point you're making is really that you can't like have the best subject line all the time. Right, exactly. You're not always offering the best value. It's not even worth it to make the best, you know, like there's a time and place for the best subject line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you make your efforts, you make your A-B tests, you you know, you work it out. Absolutely. But yeah, the things I really like to play with in email are, um, well, automation, right? Like what are the best triggers to uh, grab people when they're most interested? And then, you know, what are those follow-up actions, right? So the timing, how, when do you play with timing in an automation? How long do you wait between emails in an automation? So those kind of things I like to test. 
I also like I've been playing with um, an, a video player in email. Again, another AppSumo deal <laughs> um, where it can take a three minute video and basically turn it into a, a GIF in the email. Oh. But how yeah. heavy is that GIF? I always wonder about that. Like I've seen someone once sent me a video that was an email and it was like a 20 megabyte GIF. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's... I've been testing it and it's not really doing much. <laughs> but I think you need to be really conscientious about what kind of video you're putting in there too, right? Right. If it's yeah. one that is heavy on speech, people are then going to have to read the subtitles and it really <laughs> that might not be super great. But yeah, I like to play with content. I like to play with layout. You know, are there layouts that make it make the content much more digestible? So are you sectioning out each piece of your email so that it's clear? It's a different thing, right? Or uh, it just breaks it up better. Right. So those those are the things I really like to play with. And of course, tech tools, you know, how to... How do you integrate things so that you have a better, uh, more seamless data transfer process and customer experience? Those are those are the kind of things I like to play with. Yeah, I saw recently. I just you know noticing more and more video tools, you know, for email or like I noticed one yesterday even uh, called Bonjuro. Yes, um, mm-hmm. you've heard of them. I've been playing. Yeah, with yeah. That. It, it makes so much sense. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's such a fun way to engage, especially for businesses. Uh, like B2B, you know, you want, you know, and you could set up these automations of videos. Like it could be like so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is really, well, it makes sense because like we are, I mean, especially in the pandemic world, the quarantine world, we rely on video so heavily and it is like going to be taking over more and more of our content in the digital marketing world. And like every digital marketing channel favors video. Uh-huh. And, right. Every, every platform. Mm-hmm. And so doing an email is tricky because you can't necessarily play a video in an email, except there are some tools that are coming out for that um, that are very, very expensive. <laughs> Rightfully so, right? They're innovative. But yeah, putting video in email is really important. Um, it, Like you said, it establishes personality and relationship. It makes it human makes it seem like it's not just an automaton putting together marketing campaign. Right. But yeah, I've been playing with Bonjoro and that's been really cool because you like, it gives you a task so you can set up a trigger. Uh, so like, let's say somebody signs up for your email list or they are looking at a particular product or service on your website, you can trigger a task in Bonjoro to create that video. So then you can go and say, Hey, person, first name, last name. Do you have any questions about blah, 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 whatever it is there that triggered it. Right. Or like, welcome to the email list. You can do all those fun things. So do you set up the automations in Bonjour or like, like, does it integrate like an API call? Like you set up the automation in, in like MailChimp or whatever you're using. You can use like Zapier to connect. Bonjoro with those triggers, uh, but an active campaign, active campaign has a native integration with Bonjoro. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. so you can set up the automation so it, you add a step in there to create a, a task. All right. All right. How about some unpaid uh, endorsements? Like, who are your favorite, um, you know, service providers? The email, you know, email service providers. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've just been plugging all these businesses here. Today. <laughs> 
So I, to, for like professional services, active campaign, I always recommend it does have the CRM component and it like, it gives you the biggest bang for your buck, right? Like it can give HubSpot a run for its money um, at a fraction of the cost. And although HubSpot does really, really incredible things, you really need a specialist to handle for you, right? Because otherwise, ten percent right. of what it has available, and it gets expensive, rightfully so. If you know how to use it, right? then it's worth the money. Um, for sure. So, Active Campaign, I always recommend. They do have some really good e-commerce integrations with WooCommerce and Shopify as well. What can they? What in their CRM? What What can they integrate? Like, how much information can you pull in? Uh, you can pull. So they they're really. They're really I feel like over the last six months, they've worked really hard to do deep integrations ones. So like they have it with Shopify and WooCommerce where it can pull in the order information, the actual order and order information into your CRM. Yeah, that's so convenient. Like if you ever had to work with clients that don't have either Shopify, WooCommerce or, you know, yeah, I don't so know what. <laughs> yeah. So can, shop. Exactly. Yeah, anyway. So then you can like trigger automations based on, you know, what product somebody purchased, category, like do all those follow-up sequences based on that. So yeah. that's really powerful. They have all the recipes, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> and they also have um, a Calendly native integration as well. So you can set that up and trigger. Oh, very cool. Yeah, trigger goals. You can do custom conversions. You can even do like assign a monetary value for like a custom monetary value for like a discovery call, right? Or some kind of other monetized call or or event, you know, things like that. So yeah, they've done a really good job with that. Um, but for e-commerce, like Clavio is also a really good option. Yeah, yeah their analytics are incredible um, and they're pretty yeah. Yeah, and they're also they're pre, you know, they don't call them recipes, but whatever they call them, you know, they're really good content. Like they just, I don't know how they write content that almost works for every brand. Like it just, yeah, <laughs> out yeah. of the box. Yeah, they must have some good content marketers. On their <laughs> exactly. Right so yeah, those are the two I really recommend. But you know, every business is different, and sometimes they need something very specific or specialized. Yeah. Like tools they're using or their goals. Yeah, I think that's always the. You know, I was thinking about writing a content piece, and you know, actually, I think I might be sending something soon about this. You know, I have someone who does my, you know, my social for me. So I'll be yeah. writing with ESP. But right now, what it comes to ESPs, it really depends on on what your business is about, and you know, mm -hmm. what you need your ESP to be doing for you. Well, yeah, and what tools you rely on, and what needs to be integrated with your ESP, because some of that—that's the thing a lot of people don't think about—is like, what data do you need to go in and out of your ESP to segment and personalize and automate and they choose an email service provider because they're like oh this is nice and flashy but then you're like manually uploading excel files csv files daily or weekly to go through the data uh, and it's such a pain like time so much better used than doing that so sure. uh, all right well thank you so much you know, for, for being my first guest and being a great guest at that. <laughs> and, <laughs> I appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah, this is actually our second run around, right? We did that coronavirus, you know, in March. 
the panel discussion. That was a lot of fun. You know what's hilarious? Uh, I can tell you something. So I recently started, um, I hired an agency to book me up podcasts. And I was on one Monday evening with Jules Dan. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I know Jules. It didn't occur to me until I get on the the podcast with him. And I'm like, God, your name looks familiar. You look so familiar. Where do I know you? And I was like, we were on that, that panel. We're on that call together. Yeah. He had a whispering. It was like two in the morning. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, hilarious. That's so funny. It's a tiny yeah. marketing world. It really is. It really is. And it's so fun. It's such a great group yeah. of people. So yeah. So, you know, I think I'll start the, you know, the, either I'll find a co-host or I'll find, just start the podcast with the guest. Right. <laughs> but, uh, we're finding our way and, and just keep it fun and light and, you know yeah. and, and there's a lot of great content out of this and we'll probably micro content it up and and you can use it too and reshare it Woo-hoo! you said <laughs> all right congratulations being what number are you out of the top 30 uh internet marketers uh, uh internet email marketers oh right 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 uh info <laughs> yeah that i think it was 20 or something like that yeah pretty good yeah, I was, yeah. I was so happy. I knew so many people in that list, though. Yeah, I right? <laughs> You're just so popular. You just so yeah, popular. that's good. No, but really, honestly, that's why I started this podcast because I know all these people. You know, like yeah. I, I have a lot of a lot of great people, and you know, and everyone loves being on podcasts. So yeah, who does <laughs> Thanks again. We're gonna wrap it up. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Thank you, everyone who joined. And if you really enjoyed this content, please subscribe through Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to your podcast. And uh, tell your friends. And this has been the Inboxing Podcast, Episode 1. Thank you for coming. I'm Hillenberg. Bye.